We're back with another episode of the Anay Garcia podcast. This time I have with me Ashley Asavian. She is an emotional intelligence researcher and lecturer. Thank you so much for being here. Of your, course. <laughs> your topic is like everything we need to know. I mean, no, it's like emotional intelligence. I wanted to start. What is the most misunderstood thing about emotional intelligence? Because mm. what is that? Because yeah. when you think emotional intelligence, it's like you start questioning yourself. Like, yeah. am I intelligent? Am I emotionally intelligent? So what is the most misunderstood thing? Yeah, I think what's really misunderstood about it is the clinical relevance of emotional intelligence and just like what emotions are. So a lot of times when people see somebody being like super emotional, including themselves, they kind of think it's like a choice, like, well, this person got angry, so I need to be mad at them. Or this person, you know, is feeling anxious and they're acting really annoying right now because they're anxious, right? But what we don't realize is the clinical relevance of emotion. So Part, you know, the first thing I would start with is that an emotion is essentially a group of chemicals in the body that are reacting in a certain way. So just like, you know, when you go to the doctor and you have like a group of symptoms and your doctor calls it something, right? So you, you, you know, you have a stuffy nose, you have some fever or whatever. Your doctor goes, you have a cold, right? So oh. it's, a, it's a group of symptoms. Mm -hmm. Okay. So an emotion is, is no different. Like when somebody's feeling anxious, right? Their serotonin might be different. Their adrenaline might be running up or same thing if they're angry. Right? So a group of chemical differences can be called an emotion. And so, you know, it's, it's really a diagnosis and it's, it's something that happens inside of the body. And it's not something that's always in people's control. Like if somebody has, you know, a chemical imbalance naturally, genetically, whatever that might be, um, or because of a medication or something like that, you know, I think, I think that in itself, like understanding that that's what an emotion is, just buys people so much more patience with, with others. You know, when you realize yeah. somebody's acting in a way that's impulsive or acting in a way that's completely inappropriate, instead of just sitting there and being like, what, like, why is this, you know, is it, we don't, we don't do that when somebody gets a cold, we don't go, why is yeah. this person's nose stuffy? Why are they blowing their nose? You know, you're kind of like, oh, they so have a cold. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think when it comes to emotions, um, you know, if, if, especially when people are trying to buy patience and better understanding and things of that sort, both, both with ourselves and others, um, that that's the first thing that I think is really misunderstood. Um, and then, and ju just as you would, you know, if you were to go to a doctor and you, you get a fever and they give you Tylenol and send you home, you'd be questioning, you know, why, but why do I have a fever? Like the right. Tylenol is great, but why, why do I have right. a fever? Um, you want to be able to ask the same thing when somebody's acting a certain way. Is this, is this chemical? Is this situational? Like what's, why is this person acting this way? And I think that's really where it starts to become important, which is like when you're in a difficult situation in a marriage, for example, and your partner is acting completely different than they were when you first mm. married them. And instead of getting angry, ask yourself why, like right. get to the root of the problem. You can't solve a disease. If you, if you just solve the symptoms, you can't do that. So you can't just sit there and someone be like, you're always yelling at me, right? right. Again, you're, you're approaching the symptoms. You're not approaching the, the root. You're not yes. approaching the actual disease, right? So it, it's the same thing. Like a good, you know, I walk around the world and that's kind of how I see people. It's like when I see people yelling and arguing over things like that, I'm like, you're, you're just, treat, you're trying to, to blame somebody for having symptoms without knowing the underlying cause. And you're not yeah. being fair. You're, right. you're not being logical. You're not being fair. Um, and just, you know, we wouldn't want that done to us. Yeah. And, and how do you get into this world of emotional intelligence? Like, how do you land in this world? Because your contribution has been huge. <laughs> yeah. So massive in all kinds of, uh, you know, areas. How do you get here? Yeah, I mean, I think naturally, like growing up, 
my, my dad kind of instilled a little bit of that in me. Um, whenever I would like get an A on a test, he kind of would just be like, yeah, okay, that's great. But like, what about your ability to do this? So like, <laughs> like he always used to put emotional intelligence first and, and prioritize that. Or like, you know, if my mom came home and she was exhausted instead of like, you know, yelling at me for like cleaning my room or something like that, he'd be like, how do you not how do you not consider the fact that she's exhausted? Like, how are you not paying attention? Or like, if she would were uh, to be like, like coming home and start like, you know, being having a little mood or something like, yeah, he would be like, yeah, he would be like, you, you have no right to say that because you don't know why she's she's like that. So until you know why she's like that, don't don't get upset at it. Right. So like that, that was always instilled in me. So no, that's number one. And then I think number two, at a young age, I, I was exposed to a spectrum of ex- extreme emotions. I had an eating disorder from 14 to 18, 19 years old. So being in the hospital, working with my emotions, neuroscientists, clinical psychologists oh. all the time, I got a really good vocabulary for it. And I, I was kind of forced life or death wise to go through those emotions and like really approach them head on or, or I wasn't going to survive. So that, that was kind of, I think the two things that got me into this. Um, but then a general curiosity kind of carried me through, right? Like when I see people getting horrible outcomes in life and, and some people who are not as smart getting better outcomes, it's like, what, why is that? How does that that make sense? Right. I I used to wonder that, like, how, how could you not have uh, great intentions and get really good outcomes? Like, I don't understand. Like it, it didn't make sense, you know, with the morals that you were growing up, like the ones that they teach you in the books, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, if you're a witch, you will get bad outcome, but you know, but the witch is yes. living in the castle. So what happened with her? Yeah. Or like you see, like even in like, you know, religious communities where there's tons of great, amazing people who are just giving and like trying to be good people and trying to whatever, you know, or you see it in universities where there's people who are extremely intellectual and Harvard graduates. I mean, when I was at Harvard, there were some people that were incredibly smart, but they're not successful. And and I was just like, why, why is that? Like these people, like this was like the, you know, valedictorian of Harvard university last year. Why are they just floating in the middle of society now? Like, why aren't they flourishing it? You know, like that doesn't make any sense to me. So when I realized that there was no correlation there, I just stopped caring about it. Like right. completely. Like I, I mean, I like until I, I like academics. I'm an academic myself. I'm a researcher, but you know, it's not the primary thing I focus on because I realized that it, there was no correlation between outcomes and intellect. Wow, like, That's there crazy. was none. Yeah, like you could you could not be smart at all. You can hire that talent out, and you could still be extremely successful and happy. Yeah. And so success and happiness were the two things I measured my life on. Again, you know, we I start at the end goal. What what am I trying to achieve here? Happiness, success. So how do I get there? Yeah. They just they just didn't correlate. It just they didn't, and and I, I it feels like emotional intelligence. It's kind of like the middle ground, yeah. That that kind of mer- you know, keep them together, but everything changes all the time. People, yeah, you know, it's like there are things that we cannot control. Like we cannot control, you know, Mother Nature. We can't control the decay of our bodies, and we cannot control other people. Mm-hmm. So those are the three things that we have to really be smart about. You know, anything can really backfire at you like and if you live yeah. in LA you can have a fire next to your house and you just got your house like what are you gonna do like are you gonna like you know let it burn yeah, life, <laughs> life takes its turn and and really it's about being able to regulate all sorts of emotions and I always say this like back to an equilibrium so when you're too our bodies are, are made to survive in an equilibrium state 
in everything. You think of like even having a fever. If it's too high or too low, you're going to die at some point. Like it needs to remain at an equilibrium. Even your, you know, you go get a blood test. Like every single molecule that's in your body has to be within certain range or you're unhealthy in some way. Okay. Your emotions, which are just chemicals, are no different. And so when your emotions aren't regulated, you're sick. If Hmm. somebody's constantly getting angry, like for me, I see that as a diseased person. They're sick. They need help. They need to, they need treatment. Right. So, you know, if you, if if you can regulate your emotions, you know, you can be super smart, but if your emotions are regulated, you're sick. You you can't do well when you're sick. You can't, your body is the first and primary thing that you need to take care of. Um, And if you're constantly in highs and lows, and I would say over 99% of this world lives in highs and lows. And that does not have to be through a drug addiction or an alcohol Mm -hmm. addiction. You don't need to actually get high. But what I'm talking about is, you know, chasing lust and chasing, Mm -hmm. you know, certain stock market volatility and chase like all these little decisions that you make that you think are good. You you know, a high is always followed by a low. You can't, you can't climb up and then not expect to have to go down at some point. So, you know, for me, like that's, that's, that's where people make a mistake. Um, And it could be something as simple as like, you know, something my friends are always asking, like, why aren't you in cryptocurrencies? Why are there's so much money to be made? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I know you're right. There is a lot of money to be made, but it's a high and I'm not interested in it. Yeah. I, I don't want to make my money overnight. Like, like that's yeah. going to be followed by a crash of some but sort. A huge crash. <laughs> and it did. It did. It crashed yeah. crazy over the weekend, right? Like, but, but it's going to continue yes. to do that because there's no logic to it. There's no consistency to it. And, and real things that grow, they, they don't grow overnight. They just don't. It's a principle that that you see again and again and again in society. It it doesn't work that way. So I I don't subscribe to it. Actually, question, like when you, how can we, can we actually uh, uh, realize that we are on a high or on a low? And if we're on a high, how do we bring ourselves down to a a center, a middle ground? Mm -hmm. How do we do that? Like, how do we find help in that situation? Like if we're like too angry upset how, how what are the solutions with that yeah so how do you regulate right so how the first do you question regulate? was yeah. yeah so the first question was how do you know um and the answer to that is self-awareness and self-awareness is essentially just paying attention to how your body reacts to your environment so if, mm-hmm. I, if i'm next to a guy and i'm all the time getting butterflies in my stomach get out sis that's that's probably not a good place to be right like people yeah. pe- but it's addicting it, it feels good yeah right? it's a high it's supposed to feel good right but it's, it's, you have to be aware enough to know your body's reacting. When you're in equilibrium, you shouldn't feel anything. There's no symptoms. Mm-hmm. There's no symptoms when yeah. you're not sick. Okay. Saying, so if your yeah. body has symptoms, even emotionally, you're in a bad place. You're okay. in a high. You need to get out. So, so that's how you know. And then the second question is, how do you get back down? One, you avoid it. You get out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you completely get out. And then the same way that you, you would kind of detox yourself from a drug. You, you, you stay out. That's it. You stay away from it. You avoid it, right? So that's it. Be aware of it and get out. And, and, you know, if you need to practice some, you know, relaxation stuff to calm down those symptoms, you can, that's like taking Tylenol for a fever, but Mm -hmm. the root root cause is going to be get out of the situation Mm -hmm. or get out of the behavior that you're engaging in. Just like if you're a drug addict, stop doing drugs, right? You know, so you have to be, but, but being aware of it is, is the biggest place that people fail. They're not able to know when they're in a high because it feels good and it's addicting and there's dopamine, 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 dopamine. And that constant influx of chemical, like high, it's a chemical high. It's like you're taking, taking a drug, but, yeah. but without the drug. Right. That's how people live. That's exactly how people live. 
it's weird when you say the the high and the butterflies. It's in a weird way that's what books sell. Like, yeah. are you happy? How can you be happy? It's like how can you stay in this high state? Like, like it is a normal thing. Possible. It's impossible. And possible. if you are, run, run. You're still doing something wrong. <laughs> something is up. And and and. But you, 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 what you'll notice is that people who are constantly in a high state aren't actually high. They're really numb. Right. Of course, I think they're high because there's there's no pain. Yeah, they're, they're just numb. Yeah, it's like I, it's like my worst nightmare is to live in Disneyland. Like they call yeah. it the happiest yeah. place on earth. Yeah. I would like I can only be there for like you know whatever two hours. Go just visit. Walk, Go visit. Yeah. Just visit. But living like and they call it the happiest place on earth, which is like it's such an interesting kind of mindset of like happiness and yeah. Disney yeah. and but. But living I'm there. all about, you know, rewarding good behavior. Yeah. And, and I, I'd say two of my biggest, two of my biggest principles that I live by in life is you don't reward bad behavior and you always reward good behavior. Right. So, so good behavior comes with reward. So I'm not saying like you should never be, you know, get a little a yeah. bit of a reward, but to constantly be chasing it, constantly be living it. If you yeah. cannot handle that equilibrium state or, or some lows, it's, it's volatile, but there's just like you take someone's iron levels. There's usually a range that's healthy. It's not like you need to be at this number, right? It's like, there's a range. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah, your emotions yeah. go the same way. Like this is healthy. You could be yeah. down some days, you can be up some days, but if you're going like this. Yeah. This extremes. This is, yeah. It's, it's not sustainable. And, and I'm telling you 99% of people in this world don't notice it, but they're living like that either on the low end where they're constantly low or they're constantly high and they can't get themselves to just like you, you should wake up and not be thinking about your emotional state all the time at all yeah just be be just be actually in your situation you had your like very very smart dad that kind of like put you in like really cool places like triggered all kinds of parts on you to be awake but for parents out there that are raising children knowing that 90 percent of this population it's kind of doesn't get this the emotions Mm -hmm. is like how do you teach this how can we educate our kids or our teenage you know kids uh, to how do we pass this on you know yeah stop saving your child stop saving your child stop saving your child from being able to regulate emotions in the low because if you pick up their low they don't learn how to do it on their own and you know a child who gets everything that they want or, or everything is taking care of them they grow up to be what they call today's narcissism which is i don't know how to regulate the low so i throw a tantrum when i don't get my way and now I'm emotionally regulated and I cause all sorts of chaos. Right. So, so that, what, what that looks like, I'll tell you what that looks like in my life growing up. It looks like me saying, you know, Oh, you know, I've got my license. I really want, you know, I really want to, to get a car or whatever. Um, okay. You pay for it. Like, but, but that's what it is. You're an adult. Like you pay for it yeah. or, or things, you know, just if, if you're going through something and you don't like your way or like, you know, you need to get insurance. Okay. You pay for it. Mm-hmm. And then a kid's going to go, uh, they're going to fight back. That's, that's what kids do. Kids push their boundaries, right? Yeah. Teenagers yeah. push their boundaries. Even, even some young adults will push their boundaries if of they're course. living home. A parent needs to let a kid live. That's it. Let them, let them experience the, the, the bad situations. You know, if they're going through a breakup and this and that, like, don't, don't send them on vacation. Let them <laughs> go in the room and cry and experience what it feels like to be sad. Like, yeah, that's it's okay. okay to there's, feel. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Or let them be frustrated and angry but don't don't pick up their slack mm. because and that's what parents do all the time every mm. parent wants to make sure their kid is all perfectly set up and you know good and, and i see people do this a lot of the times also 
in, in relationships. A lot of the time, like you try to correct someone's behaviors or you try to like, you know, oh, they're not, they're not meeting my expectations here. So I'll just do it for them. Like, no, just sit back and, you know, let people, let people live their own life and let them, if they, if they need to experience a consequence, let them do that. You yeah. know, there were times where like, I I've made wrong choices. My dad always tells me this and he's like, I've watched you date like one or two people that I thought were just horrible for you. And he's like, I knew they wouldn't do anything dangerous. Yeah. But he's like, you know, as a parent, it's very hard to watch, not say something. You yeah, don't know you the know? line, right? You no, know, you see it coming. Like, he's like, I saw it coming. Like, I, I knew where that was going, you know? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, he's like, but as long as I knew, he's there's, smart. There's, a line, there's a line where he would say, I need to step in here, right? Which is very small margin where it becomes dangerous. Yeah. And then majority of anything else, he's like, I just let you get hurt. And because of that, I have experienced a lot of, you know, a lot of lows in my life that taught me how to regulate my emotions and, and not need the highs. That's the thing. Like you have to learn to say no to a high. That's that. And it's, it's like exactly what everybody tries to push in you. Like if yes. you do this, you're going to be happier. If you make yeah, more money, you're yeah. going to be happier. You're not going to be happy. The, 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 the goal is not necessarily, and I said this earlier, but I'll take it back. The goal is not happiness. The goal is fulfillment and, and consistency. You want an equilibrium. You want a healthy baseline, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't want to be super happy, but I just, I just want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. I'll be fulfilled. stable. Yeah. Fulfilled. That's it. That's all I need. Right. Like you, you don't need this crazy, you know, it's not sustainable. And, and yeah. all I have, I mean, you probably know tons of people in, in Hollywood too, but like tons of my friends that I've met over the internet through my career, like they have everything they want. They're miserable. Yeah. They're that's, and that is the reason why. Yes, they've been reaching the wrong thing. They have everything you could think of: the, yeah. the yachts, the the mansions, yeah. the connections, the everything you can imagine. The money—they're miserable. They're absolutely miserable. You know that's why kings and queens back in the day they were nuts because yep. we're not born to be in to be in this world with no uh, challenges. Challenges yep. like yep. make us happy when we overcome them. You know, if you know, it's funny you say that because a lot of I, I remember somebody asked me. Why is it that we don't want the good person as our partner? Like you have this like perfect, like goody two shoes. They'll treat you so perfectly, you know, and, and nobody's attracted to that. <laughs> and the yeah. question is like, why, why are we not? And, and it's what you just said. It's, it's in life. The fulfillment comes with having somebody to go back and forth. Challenges you. Challenge you. Yes, exactly. And if you don't have that and things are just too smooth, you know, it, it doesn't help you anywhere. It you don't learn anything. I think at the end of the day, we, we're trying to grow. And if we don't have any challenge, we're not growing inside. Like somebody that you questions kill the soul. us. You, you kill, kill the soul. The soul. Yeah. And that's why the high feels so dead and empty. That's right. Because there's no challenge. There's no balance. Right here, you have like lessons I grew. Lessons I grew. And yeah. over time, you go like this. It's the, yeah, yeah. As long as you're going like this, but it shouldn't look like this. No. High, low, high. Like yeah. that's, that's not a good pattern. But, right. you know. And, and I say the same principle follows through financially. You should not want to go this way. You should want to go like this. Yeah. And it can go up over time like that. Right. But right. When you're, when you're ready for it towards yes. the end of life. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I, I really, and I think the journey of life too, it has a lot to do with, you know, knowing that you're going steady and up steady, yeah. you're, yeah. you become me mentally mature. Like you, there's a confidence in you that goes with that. 
that you know you because sometimes you can go all the way up and you made it but you're not mentally ready you're not and then you can't keep it and you cannot keep it and then that's why you crash really quickly because and it's like it's like when you get like um i think you mentioned this earlier but like when you get like a a coach in in acting right so or or a judge at at at, you know when you're trying out for for a role and all of a sudden you have that that judge that's obsessed with you and you're like well this is uncomfortable like now i feel like it's not you're not actually giving me the feedback I need, yeah. right? Yeah. It's kind of like the, the perfect partner. You, you don't want it. And then it's, you have the one that absolutely dislikes you completely. And you're like, well, that's not a fair judgment. But that, like, like, no matter what I do, like, she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just going to dislike me. And then there's that one that's like, I, I like you, but I'm not sure. <laughs> you need to work on this. I'm and not then you're sure like, about I this. Like yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you are the one. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, actually, in my world, in this active world that I live, you know, we work with emotions. That's why when I kind of like look into your, you know, your research and your kind of passion, which is like tackle this. It's like we people go to Los Angeles, to Hollywood to experience high intensity of emotion. Like, for example, they give you a scene and the scene is like a breakup and then they give it to like four actors and. And the teacher is going to try to push you to get you to like the most outrage emotion that you could possibly get out to tell the story. And at the end of that scene, everybody claps and they tell you that, oh, my God, I felt it. And you've been rewarded to go into that dark place. And the one thing I realized that is really dangerous is that the teachers don't teach you how to go back to yourself. They just say, congratulations, good job, next scene. But then you are left with this. Uh, and, you know, all, all these feelings that are kind of real, that somebody got you there because, you know, they're not your, the worst. It's not your mm-hmm. character. And then in my business, I noticed that a, a lot of actors, you know, we're lost in this reward place that being miserable is cool. Being miserable yeah. makes you a good actor. And sometimes bad, you know, feelings like to be depressed, you know, you get attention for it. You get all this stuff and then it's a like trap tons of celebrities will post about it and then they're just like thank you for speaking out thank you for this and it's like just like that that could be dangerous because it could be also dangerous yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and and understanding the difference also you yeah, know yeah. uh with the it, I, there's something that i wanted to kind of whatever you reward even though when you're trying to pay attention you're still trying to support you there's also a line right because mm-hmm. if you reward pain it, it could don't it could reward be... bad behavior that's the number one principle and you always reward good behavior if you live by that you'll you'll be able to balance that out it would be a balance right yeah yeah i mean i mean but there's a fine line between that and you're right because you know if you're in a therapy session and you're show, show, showing that you're depressed that's not bad behavior yeah right you you, you want to be able to let that out you yeah. know so you have to kind of know the, the line of what to reward and what to, to not reward. Like for me, I, I personally like would have never spoken about my eating disorder until I got out of it. Because if I was mm-hmm. still in that place, that's a dangerous thing to just constantly be clapped for, right? Like, oh, I'm getting attention now that I'm all mm-hmm. skinny and I'm all this and I'm all that. But, you know, I think when it comes to getting out of that, you know, it's on the individual. It, it really is. And it's on the individual because it's like if I were to go and put my money in a gamble in the market and mm-hmm. I won. And if it was a pure gamble, like I know nothing about the company, I was <laughs> just like, dangerous. let me throw money in there. Dangerous, right? Bad behavior. But if I win, then I'm like, ooh, that's rewarded, right? So I've now rewarded bad behavior. So it's like, yeah, I, I can win in crypto, but I don't go there because I don't want to reward bad behavior. Right. You have to also know 
what is bad behavior, like mm. what what is right and what it's wrong. So if I, you know, if I was, you know, going in your in your shoes, let's say mm. I'm I'm going to to go through a breakup scene or killing zombies or whatever it is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your current role. Yeah. So you know, whatever that might be, I have to be able to tell myself, like, first of all, one, this is this is just an act, and it ends the moment that that thing closes. The characters are out. Yeah, the clothes of the characters me. are out. It yeah. is just yeah, and you know, they always say like, don't get too excited when you do well and don't get too sad when you don't do well. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's a principle I always live by. Like if, if something goes wrong in my life, I don't get too sad. Mm-hmm. I don't let myself, I, I constantly tell myself like, this is not something I need to get too sad over. Or if something goes really well in my life, like mm-hmm. I don't go and tell the world like, oh my God, all these great things are happening. I don't let it get to my head because I know I'm supposed to be in that equilibrium. So there's times where like, I'll, I'll get funded for my startup and I like really want to be like super excited. And then I tell myself, I'm like, you know what? I need to just continue living my day normally. Like I, I shouldn't be going to a dinner for this. I shouldn't be celebrating because I, I can lose it any minute. Like I don't want to <laughs> get high off of this. Right. So, so yes. even if everyone around you is sitting there and they're clapping for you and whatnot, it's important that you kind of just go, thank you. And mm. you walk away from it. You, kind of, you have to be able to just be like, thank you. I appreciate it. Like, you know, mm, but like, I'm yes. here to do my job and that, that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, the, you have to control that. The, the the way that I deal with that is because I, again, I portray emotions and people feel attached to my, you know, what I do. I always tell myself, it's not me. It's actually what I do. Yeah, it's it, yeah. they are like excited to see me, but it's really not me. It's and what I I've think done. the same of mine. It's you it's know, not, you detach exactly. a little bit of both. Yes, it's not. It's they're not obsessed with the, with even with me. It's like you're not obsessed with me. You're you, you like the information yeah. that's being given and it's helping you and that's great. But don't obsess over me. And I yeah. I've told I've told people that like when they come to my events, I'm like this makes me uncomfortable. Like I I would appreciate guiding the conversation back to what you like about my work. Mm-hmm. And I'll also I'll voice that mm-hmm. you know, and that's always helped me too. Like you know, with you it would be like you know I appreciate you guys clapping for me, but it's really. It's the character is what I do. Be direct yeah. it. Even like just be like whoever wrote you know the script or if yeah. they're there. Be like it's actually them. Like you know, yeah. Just throw it back out. Be like I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a really smart thing to differ. Uh, you know, when you have a good breakthrough, you know, it's to differentiate. It's not you. It's what you do. It's this yeah. thing that you did. What caused an effect? Yeah. And, yeah, and as that long goes as both ways that. in life. So so when you oh. think of it, let's turn it around to other people for a second. Mm-hmm. If you realize that somebody else really hurt you mm-hmm. and then you're sitting there and you're like, well, I hate this person. Right. You're, it's not them. It's what they did. And right. You have to be able to separate that. You have to, because if you don't separate it, then everyone's going to disappoint you. But you have to like, you know, somebody could, I don't know, say something that like just really, really got under your skin, like very personal. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, screw this person. Like, I don't, you know, but emotional intelligence doesn't for that like you have to be able to sit there and be like why did they say what they did right. what caused it and let me separate that behavior from who this person really is because yeah, sure. they're sick right now that was right. inappropriate behavior what 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 just happened and let's get to the root and let's kill it from let, let's treat the underlying disease yeah. or whatever that's causing that emotion to then affect their behavior right you got to be able to separate that's it. crazy yeah it's not them it's that yeah that action i i've never one one rule that i've always lived by it, to have good emotional intelligence with other people is i look at nothing that people do as them and i've always separated it from who they are 
So like somebody, I mean, literally could do the most harmful thing. And I will speak to them like, you know, why did that behavior happen? Like, I don't say, why did you do that? Right. I'll be like, well, this took place and I don't know what's causing it. Right. So because, like until I figure this out, like I feel a little uncomfortable. I'll never say like you did that and you did that. And like, I'm not yeah. that person, but that that's, that would be like an example of deploying good emotional intelligence and separating it. Cause we know that behavior is just an extension of underlying emotions and emotions are fluctuating all the time. You know, what's crazy. Uh, you could be like the perfect actress. You know why? Because no, I tell you why, because what you just did right now, how you will break down somebody's re, uh, you know, behavior. Yeah. Those questions you asked is exactly what I ask my characters on a paper. It's like, yeah. it's like, what made you do this? Because if you judge a character, right? If you judge a character, oh, he's a bad person. You cannot play a bad person. It's because you're not a bad person. Because <laughs> bad people don't think they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, but people don't, they w don't wake up and be like, I'm going to be bad. It's like, and I'm you gonna... know why they don't think they're bad? Because they're not. Because they're not. Their emotions. Is their emotions. Yeah. I <laughs> well, well, actually, let me clarify, because there's two things that really do drive behavior. And I would say um, the emotional part would be the mind. Uh -huh. But then there's also the brain. Right. So the brain could be like somebody who has like dementia and like you can physically see that on a scan. Yes. And those yeah. things are really hard to fluctuate and change. Right. So there's th that is the underlying root cause is the brain is just different, right? Mm -hmm. Or somebody gets like, you know, a bunch of head injuries, then of course it's going to change the structure of their brain, but majority of behavioral issues, right? So we're not looking at somebody who has like dementia or something like that. Like majority of behavioral issues are a result of the mind. And, and the beautiful part of that is that you can change that. Yeah. hundred percent of the time. That's amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. So when, when I treat like a character that is, that, that is going to do bad things, when I do that bad thing, I don't want to judge that per character. I want to understand it. Yes. I want to understand what caused that. And I break down, like I get so a nerd about every behavior, every scene yeah. that led to that arc. And and it's funny that you actually break it down in real life. Uh, yeah. With I, real I people. Live my life like that. <laughs> I live my life like that, like trying to figure out like why people do things. And it's it's really for the benefit of both people. Like I don't want to mistreat. Yeah. You know, the person in front of me. And I also don't want to get a bad result. Like, I don't want to take no. that personally and live with that. That doesn't feel good. Yeah. And also for me, in order for me to portray somebody, I want to relate to that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to relate to that bad, you know, behavior that they're going to do that I have to portray. But I want to understand how something can lead to that. We are all yeah. capable to do horrible things like yep. <laughs> to yep. people. But yep. if we understand and and how you all led to it and you become empathetic about it, then you, you get it. It's, it's easy to find yeah. logic in that. Exactly. And, and actually acting is asking the right questions. Yeah, absolutely. And getting into the head of the, of the person. Of the, yeah. yeah of the person either is like And I, it's interesting too, because the so more funny. you can do that, that skill in itself, that is empathy. It's, that it, is empathy. Like, that's what it is. Absolutely. I, I was going to say that. Like, and so what happens is like, I am somebody that is full of empathy. Like people don't actually like, like hurt me that much. Cause I start, yes. I start breaking it down. Like, oh, he must be in pain. Oh. And then little by little, you start finding out what happened, yeah. you know, through other you know, people. It's, it's interesting. Cause like the initial it's, it's short-term pain, but long-term gain. So like the short term is kind of like, you know, somebody will do something. I'm like, ow, that didn't feel so great like yeah it doesn't feel good like reality like certain things will still hurt me but in the long run 
like I end up looking at that situation and it's exactly what you said. It's like that person's hurting. Like, how do I, how do, how do I make sure that that doesn't, you know, or, or how do I get under and in, into the mind of that person so that I no longer have to take that and carry that weight? Wow. It's, it's asking the right questions too. Yes, exactly. It's, it, I think the better questions you ask, the better answers. You dig, the more you get deeper into it. Yeah. And, and if it's not something that's intuitive, like you can just ask the person. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Straight up. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. And, and in my case, asking the right questions on a fictional character, if you really look closer, you'll find in, 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 in the lines, in between the lines that are oh, written. Yeah. It's, yeah. which is why I love storytelling. And, and, and I feel like it's, this is a discovery for me, by the way, this, yeah. that, that you <laughs> actually work with emotional intelligence through people's behavior. And it's kind of like the same process I, I go through. It's rewarding. It's rewarding. I mean, I feel like it's, it's constantly creating a win-win for pe the people around me, my environments, my outcomes, me, my emotions, right? So I'm more of a stable person because of it. Um, and, but it's very contrarian. Like the way that most people would react in a situation, like I'll go in and be like, well, do the opposite. And they'll be like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, why would I do that? Right. Like, yeah. kind of like, um, the example of like, you know, a nutritionist, tell, you know, you go to a nutritionist, oh, I, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. Okay. Well you need to actually eat more. And the person's kind of just like, what are you talking about? I need to eat more. Like I'm trying to lose weight. And it's like, yeah, but your metabolism, like, you know, in the short run, you might gain a little bit of weight, but in the long run, you're fixing the underlying issue which is mm -hmm. your metabolism is super slow and messed up. Right. right. So that, that, you know, if that's the root cause, so it's kind of the same, same idea where it's like a lot of people will come to me with an issue and I'll basically tell them to do exactly what they don't want to do. And they're just like, <laughs> what do you, why would I do that? And I'm like, just wait and see. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, gotta, it's like, it's like, you know, you, you get bitten by a snake and you have to be injected with the actual poison. Yes, of this, of yes, the, oh, of yes. what is killing you. It's for yes, you to like yes. overcome. It's like it. a vaccine. To, to oh, like a vaccine. To, to not, yeah, a lot of vaccines. It's like I'm going to give you this disease, so you don't get, you know. Exactly. So you can learn how to fight it. And, and exactly. And that. exactly. It's but the, so the, whole, the point is also you have to disarm people, right? So like, if somebody does something to hurt you or to affect you, and you want to just come back at them, I mean, that there's in what world is that going to work? Absolutely. Like in what world is screaming at somebody? It doesn't, it, it makes no sense. And I say mm. sense because common sense is not common. So I no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> not common sense. Yes. I don't, yes. Know, I don't know who called it that. <laughs> How, what do you think we have a hard time responding or, or reacting? Like what? Like why do we react over responding? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, I would say because we're, we're biological, like, organisms and at the very base you could see this very very clearly in animals but we don't really see this as much in humans but in animals you ever like go up to like a wild animal and they just run like they get so timid and scared yeah right and and our it's because like their their primal instinct is to protect themselves mm -hmm. like that's it that it's very 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 core basic level the number one thing that about any biological organism cares about is i don't want to die mm -hmm. that's it right so it's like if i'm hungry and I have a sandwich and I need to, I know I need to eat this whole thing. And you're asking, you know, I could see you staring at my food. I'm, I'm not going to offer it because wow. I need to eat. Right. Yeah. So like that, that is everyone's core instinct. And so when you think about like, even something as simple as somebody cutting you off on the highway and that puts you in danger, your body gets heated and starts to go, that person is dangerous. Like, I don't feel safe around this person. Just like if you walk you know, oh. in the, in the woods and you could be the most innocent person, but if you're walking in their face, they now feel 
you're in my territory. You have threatening me. I'm going to react. Oh, right. So that, that is the most quick kind of, I, I would say system in the, in the human brain that we have, which is really takes place in the limbic system. Um, which kind of sits in the back of the brain. And then we have more of our functional brains, which happen in the front of our brain. Um, and that's like where the, the cortex sits and everything like that. Um, but you know, the, the idea is to really strengthen the cortex and have it communicate better with, with the limbic system, which, which is like you said, the most reactive system in the brain. And also like, if you really think about it from like a very scientific and, uh, you know, and, and researchy mm-hmm. kind of, kind of way up in your back, so information actually goes up your spinal cord. Mm-hmm. Like when we process information, it goes up into your spinal cord and like right from here into the back of the brain. So it's actually the first area that inf- like, and, and information comes into your senses. So you have like hearing, smelling, seeing, you know, those are your senses, touch, all of that. The neurons go up your spine and the first place in your brain that it's processed is in the limbic system. Oh, wow. And that's for survival. Like, let wow. me first process this to see if I'm in danger. And if I'm not in danger, then I can you know, actually functionally process it, make it logical, right? Logical decision. Right. So, so that in itself is, is a human, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it an error, but it's, it's why we're so reactive. Wow. Um, And so to fix that. So emotions come out of like survival. Yes. And then it becomes logical. Yes. That's why the needs are met. Then Uh you can actually think, but if, if you're in a situation where you feel threatened by anyone, you're not, you're not thinking anymore. No. Yeah. Like this goes out the window. <laughs> that's, and that's why you're here. I wasn't thinking. I just did what I had to do. Did what I had to do. Okay. I wasn't thinking. I was too busy feeling. Yeah. Right. So, so that, that, but, but like, even like neurologically thinking about it, like on a very, you know, scientific level, like, like information, our senses that we experience and the information we take in, like, like I touched, you know, a chair and I'm realizing, okay, this is smooth. Like, mm-hmm. but it's not threatening me in any sense. Right. But if you touch a cactus and it hurts you, there's a reaction. You see that reaction right away. Yeah. Right away. Right. Yeah. And so, so same thing, if you're like sitting and there's like a bee and you're like, oh, like yeah. that, re- you didn't even process what it was. No. Yeah. But like literally it's not until a few seconds later where you're like, that, that was a bee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? So so that, that's kind of how the brain works. And really the way that you, you have to expose yourself to a lot of those situations to be able to retrain it. And, and really that goes through memory. So our memory kind of works in the sense where it's like, you know, one, we perceive memories the way that we want. So it's, it's like not actually what actually happened. It's how we actually process it ourselves, which is, you know, I'll give an example. If I'm at the supermarket and somebody is really rude to me, or maybe they steal some of my money. They don't give me the right change. Like I can process that in many different ways. I can say this person's having a really bad day, mm-hmm. right? Or I could say this person's a jerk, mm-hmm. or I could say this world sucks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can process that in so many different ways, right? 100%. Just not care. Just walk away and be like, eh, $2, whatever. Yeah. Right. Everybody processes things very differently, but the way that you store that memory is the way that you choose to perceive it. So, you know, you take a very traumatic situation. Let's say, I don't know, someone assaults you on the street. Uh-huh. And from now on, you're just like, well, the street is dangerous. Like that's, that's how you perceive it, this whole thing, right? Or you can perceive it as that town is dangerous. I'm not going to go to that town anymore. Mm-hmm. Or you can perceive it as nighttime, walking around at night is dangerous or you know, whatever it is, however you perceive that. Um, that's how your brain is going to store it. So then the next time you go out, your reaction comes from that memory. Now, the way that you alter that, if you realize that you're too reactive, is that's why therapy is so yeah. You know, effective. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it's effective because 
if you really think about what therapy is, is you're sitting there and you're retelling a story and you're being asked questions and challenging it to change the way you perceive that story. Right. So for someone who's been assaulted, they might go to therapy and say, like, this is what happened. And then, you know, the therapist might say, like, do you think, you know, every city is like that? And then maybe before in your head, you thought yes, but now you're like, well, not really. Like now that I think about it, not really. Right. And then slowly you're going to go back into the world, back to a different city and be like, okay, I'm going to feel a little bit safer this time. Right. So you're less reactive. You're less reactive. So memory is so important. And that's why talking about those things are so important. And you can rewire tons of your behavior just through that. You know, uh, we're talking about this, and and it, it, my the, what comes to my mind is is basically racism. It's memory. It's what they've been told from generation to generation, and to a point that it's now so engraved mm-hmm. in their brain, and it's not not you know not even real anymore. But it's it's their core beliefs. Yes. And and unless you educate yourself and you rewind the tape and you really understand where it comes from, that we're not living back then. It's, yeah. And even it's like, interesting, right? You, you'll see it across so many things. I'm, I'm Jewish. So like, you know, especially with everything going on now in the Middle East, like a lot of people will say like, you know, like, oh, like the Jews are super hated around the world. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. I don't think so. Like, I, that's why I haven't posted about it. I don't I don't think that's true. I mean, I think there's a you know, probably a government economic war going on, but I, I, I don't walk around feeling like hated. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel yeah, that. No. So, so, you know, I because think, it's a memory thing. Like that's what yeah. people say. That's what they've been told. Some families have been more affected or their history has been more affected or, you know, I do, are there some people who do short, but I mean, there's some people who hate the color yellow too. I, I mean, that's, that's the world we live in. Not everyone's going to love everything. Yeah. So, it, um, it's interesting. It's how I store the memory. It's how you store the memory. And it's how, same thing for me, what, you know, for the Latino community. Like, I don't f- walk around feeling like I'm hated or, or my color. I don't even think about it. So, because I don't but have. But you also those... probably don't feel oppressed because you've went no. out there and challenged yes. that and you've been successful. So you're like, why? Well, so they don't so, hate me. <laughs> yeah. So there's no, I don't have to, I don't feel like that, that wall is against me. I, I, yeah. I have other mountains to cross and they are like, so I, I feel like it, if anybody feels any sort of like walls that has to do with the color of your skin or oppression, it's good to break it down and yeah, be like, yeah. where does that come from? If I lift it, I can yeah, yeah. unlock that. And, and and it's very possible that there is right. one or two people that you've yeah. experienced that don't. I've definitely had some people who kind of were just like, well, you yeah, know, you guys did this or you guys did that. And I see it on social media, but I just don't store it that way because I think I can walk up to that. Like genuinely I've walked up to that same. And and maybe that is from, you know, when I was, I went to the Middle East and I went to the Palestinian side and I actually had dinner with pals in the Middle East. Right. So and as a Jew and I didn't have any issues. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe that's the memory that I have that, that makes me feel like, well, one, I don't have any hate towards Palestinians. And I also don't think that people hate me. Like, I, I don't feel yeah. either of those. Like, yeah. So I just ignore it that, that I don't, I don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, and, but, and I view what's going on as more as an economic war than anything else. But there are some people that I know friends that are just like, how are you not, mm-hmm. how are you not more, you know, that mm-hmm. or more of this and that, but it's like, our memories are just different. It's just a different. And I feel like it's, it's it's a really good lesson to understand that there's a way out of that pain. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Of, of, of that. And like you said, therapy, yes, it does. All they do is ba- basically break it down to a point mm-hmm. that you can have a different 
something that will let you come forward with yeah, whatever and you know what? It's interesting too because like like there's one thing to go to to go to a therapist, but like a lot of that work can just be done with you in a notebook. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's free. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's free, and it's like not you don't have to talk to anyone. Like you can literally sit there with an open. Like what? Like why? Why do I feel this way? Like why? Mm-hmm. If again, if you have an extreme, if I'm sitting there with so much anger and hate towards somebody or feeling hated right? That's super low or super high. Like one right. of those are extreme. They're so extreme. Like that right. extreme anger, hatred or whatever, be like, that's a high or a low. Mm-hmm. Where is it coming from? Mm. Because I don't like, you want to kind of be able, like, I don't want to have to be affected by that. Yeah. So if you are, whether it's, you know, racism right. in the Latina, the black community, Jewish community, whatever it is, right? Even mm-hmm. now the white community is being hated for certain things, right? Absolutely. You got to sit there and be like, why am I so high off of this? Like what, what is it like? Why am I in such an extreme state? Yeah. Um, and, and re-regulate that. It feels like this is like kind of gaining your own power. It's like really, it's really owning it. It feels like emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence is like get the power that you were born with to be able to handle the highs and lows and the obstacles. It's like, it's kind of being in touch with yourself. It's being intelligent about emotions. And the way that you do that is, you know what they are. And yeah. then you know how to treat them when they come. That's it. And, you know how to regulate yourself. That's it. <laughs> and it's crazy because we deal with emotions at the moment we're born. Like yeah. babies deal with emotions all the time. But they're, they don't have the cortex until they're like mm. 20 in the 20s. So, so you grow. So at a, as a kid, that's all done by your parents. So if, if you have parents or an environment that's constantly either not letting you regulate them or you're regulating them incorrectly, Right. Like I, I know parents who will sit there and like literally smoke weed with their kids. That's not how you regulate your emotions. I'm sorry. I don't care who, what parent is listening to this. You just don't do that. Yeah, it's no, beyond no. inappropriate. Right. Yeah. You, you just don't do that. Right. So yes, it's like, you might think you're helping your kid regulate and like calm down or whatever, but it's in an inappropriate form of regulating your emotions. Right. Yeah. So if it's, it's one of the two, if it's regulated incorrectly, or if it's just not regulated at all, then you have an adult that doesn't learn those skills and develop certain areas of the brain. And then it kind of gets really difficult to and tackle to that. Yeah. And it also, and he also feels that uh, by you writing things down of what costs what and what you feel, how you feel, he also has a huge space for forgiveness, empathy, oh, yeah. forgiveness, because you're in control now of whatever that person can come at. Like, you, you don't take it personal. In the first you don't place. take it personal. And you, know, you might be I, upset that you can't, like I said, you sometimes you have to get out of the, the high, right? So you might be upset that you're like, oh, I can't be here now. Like, or I can't yeah. do this now, right? That's upsetting, but it's not as bad to the point where it's like, this was personal. Yeah. It's more like this thing has an issue or this behavior yeah. is not okay with me. Right. I need to get back. You know, I never understood that saying of like, oh, it's okay. It's not personal. I never understood that <laughs> until like, because I was like, how could, if it's done to you, how could you not think it's personal? How could you not? I mean, I don't understand. Like, I never understood the term of like, it's not personal until like. Never personal. <laughs> ne- yeah. Until like, I understood that it was what is, it was that behavior, not, yeah. not, not the person trying yeah, to I mean, if you, personally if you, hurt me. If you're going to take take people's behaviors personally, then you might as well take their fever personally too. Exactly. That's how silly it looks like. (laughs) Oh, I caused them a fever. That's how silly it looks to me. Like when people do it, like to that extreme, like 
people are sitting there and like, like really like getting riled up and reacting and, you know, it's okay. Like I said, there's, there's a window. You can speak up for yourself. You can put those things in there, but like the extremes. And I'm just like, it's literally no different than somebody having like a rash and you sitting there taking it like personally. Like I caused you that. (laughs) Yeah. Like I caused your body to react. (laughs) Either I caused you that or you got that. And now I'm upset about it. Oh, wow. Like, that doesn't like, how are you, like, that doesn't register that doesn't, that doesn't that doesn't make sense yeah any sense at all or like somebody you know is is throwing up because they're nauseous and they have a virus and are you going to sit there and be like oh this person's throwing up like I, I just don't think I could be with them I, I don't think I could be friends with them I don't I can't work with it like no nobody does that I think right? you should co- come up with some sort of program for children like I feel like yeah, who are missing it yeah, I, I feel like, yeah. you know, you're so young and, and you can you speak every you know, the language of like the younger and, and yeah. it's 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 uh it's something because you know, when you think about it, teenagers like even the for the moment you're like eight years old that you start like playing, you know, with your friends on your own. One of the biggest issues is that is this. It's like what he did to me, how he affected me, and how can I handle that? And it's also okay communication. A like a kid, you know, takes your toy and you start throwing a tantrum. Yeah. Because it's your toy. That's okay at that age. Yeah. But a parent needs to allow the child to fa- face that and be like, put the bat inside child and giving them another toy. Instead, you could be like, that happens. Yeah. Some, like other people want things too. Yeah. It's not just yours. Like, you know what I mean? And let them cry it out. Yeah. Like a lot of parents don't want to see their kid cry. Let them cry it out. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing. But like sometimes wrong with like that. a kid will be, you know, I have seen these parents where they just don't want their kid to cry. And they like they'll they'll be on the floor crying because they're not being picked up. You know, like you ever see that? And then the, like the parents always picking their kid back up and it's like, yeah. let them cry on the floor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or 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 and, and going back to the clinical relevance, it's the same thing as like that parent who doesn't want to put their kid in the playground because there's germs that them get sick a little, like, it's okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, or yeah. like constantly cleaning their baby's hands. Like they can put dirt in their mouth, like let them, like, yeah. they need to, you know, maybe not at two months old, but yeah. You know, one year old when it's safe. Yeah. Do on things. And yeah, they need to develop that resistance to germs and viruses and things of that sort. So and same it's, thing it's for same emotions. Thing. Yeah. That's saying yeah, they're clinical. They are on the same page. That's so it's such a refreshing way to look at it because it's always so, you know, emotions are so intangible. You don't see yeah. them, but they're so inside. You don't and, see a virus either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You that's see the true. symptoms. You, you see, see the, the symptoms. symptoms. Yeah. But why are we why are we so cool about viral symptoms or bacterial symptoms, but we're not cool about emotional symptoms? Yeah. Does this, does this kind of correlate with mental health to you? Yeah, it is mental health. It is, men- it, it, it is any anybody who's out of equilibrium has mental health issues. mental health yeah 99% of the world what do you think mental health is now just out why not before why do why do you think we are allowed to why is such yeah. a taboo with that because this I is like your expertise things, yeah I think two things I mean I think one like the internet obviously allows for more talk about it and mm-hmm. connection and stuff like that so like back in the day first of all there's no doctor that can like scan or maybe this is something I should develop. Like, you know, you go, you go to the doctor, you get an MRI, you could see somebody's brain, you know, you, you get an x-ray, you could see their chest and you could see their bones and you could see all these things. Right. Um, you can even see muscle through certain tests and stuff. Right. So we have imaging stuff, but there's no, like, you know, other than like a hormonal panel, like a blood test or something like that, you know, nobody's testing your cortisol and your adrenaline and your dopamine and your serotonin. And, and so 
it's it's not a widely known thing in medicine. It's not widely talked about as a chemical. It's talked about as an emotional thing, right? Let's go to therapy, mm-hmm. right? Or or take this drug, even though the drug is chemical. Like we're trying to stabilize yes. chemicals here, but for some reason, there's no there's no technology to go get a checkup every year on mm-hmm. on your chemical health, right? So that that the chemistry there, I think, is underdeveloped. Interesting. And I think I think doctors should be on top of that. I think labs should be more on top of that, and I think there should be technologies for it. Um, and I think people would function better. You know, there, there's no difference of going to the doctor and getting a blood test every year to make sure you're within range of your iron levels, your glucose levels, your, yeah. you know, white blood cell count, red blood, all those things. You kind of should do that emotionally too. Like, if of course, somebody's like every, every, having a checkup every year would just make it so normal. Like it will, it's part of, it's part of your keeping your body in check. Yeah, my cor- my cortisol, cortisol levels are too high. That means I'm way too stressed. And you know, what happens is when you're in high or low, like if your cortisol is too low or too high, you're actually not seeing the world clearly. Mm. The world becomes just like when you're sick, you know, the world becomes dreary, you're tired. Yeah. You're the, so the same thing happens when you're emotionally off. And it like, for me, one of the, one of the things that I hope to, to really push is that it's, it's clinical and, and there needs to be more technology that can identify disease state emotionally, because I, for me, Somebody who's constantly getting angry and reacting to the world around them, you know, that that's an illness that needs yeah. to be diagnosed. That shouldn't just be left, you no. know, okay, well, that person's, you know, and, and that kind of stuff leads to all sorts of issues. It leads to crime. It leads to economic instability for the country. It leads to even death. Sometimes it leads to stealing. It leads to all sorts of, you know, divorce rates go up, up the walls now. Yeah. I mean, in and some, has a lot to some do areas, 70% divorce rate. Come on. What is that? People that actually decided to get married. <laughs> Who walk down with a smile on their face. Yeah. And uh, like, no, like that, that's an emotion. That's, that's because of a disease. That's because there's an illness there that, mm-hmm. that doesn't allow for emotional regulation. I don't yeah. care what the issue is. I don't care what the trigger is. It could be, you know, money is an issue. It could be, you know, behavioral is an issue. It could be you're just not getting what you want. That, that should not, like, you got to regulate that yourself. Do you think that that the 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 stress that we that we're taking on more stress now than we used to before? Do you think that we are being bombarded with more like stress that we're mentally more uh, challenged than let's say seventy years ago? Uh, not including war, because obviously we've been through. Do you think that this is like a new? That's why we have to pay more attention. I think it's an easy excuse, but I don't think so. I think yeah. it's different stress. I think it's different stress. I mean, back in the day, you had a kid by 21. That's that's a different stress, right? So it's still stressful. Totally. Or yeah, or you were home and you were cleaning and you were this and you, you weren't traveling out in, you know, Bora Bora because now there's influencers on the internet. I mean, come on, that's not yeah. Stress, right? So like, you know, in some cases I think we're actually less stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe we work more hours, but it's the, it's just a different type of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we do have more of now that does end up causing more stress is instant gratification, you know, totally. Yeah. And so when you think you can get something as quick as some people make it seem, which is just storytelling on the internet, we all know that, mm-hmm. but like, when you think you can, you have pressure that you're not doing it and it, it immobilizes you almost mentally. And wow. so I think that's the only stress that's really different. But in terms of like work and stuff like that, no, I, I think it's, I think I have it easier. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, I think I have, my life is easier than my mom's life was when she was. Oh, you're even great grandma. Yeah. Oh, 10, 10 times easier 10 than, than that. 10 times easier than that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, back in the day, like 
those, it was difficult, very yeah. difficult money wise. Like they didn't Everything. financially, they, they didn't have the opportunities that they had, you know, but they, they had other things. They had quality time, family yeah. time, but um, I, I always feel like the instant gratification has been such a trap for our generation. And like, everybody thinks that, you know, you now you can, if you need cash, you just go to an ATM. You don't have to talk to somebody. You just press some numbers and you get money before you have to wait for the next day until you, the banks open. And, you know, you have to do your little line, talk, socialize, you, you all kinds, like you want to print something, you can print it at home before you used to go some, like it's, we used to, it used to be more structured. Now it's more like, and I, you, I you agree were forced with you. to have more patience back in the day. Exactly. And, and honestly, I think, I think patience is very hard. Um, but we, we definitely have it easier now. Definitely. I mean, all the yeah. technology that we have, like everything we can, I, if I want anything, I can, if I want to start a company and sell things online, I can do that today. I absolutely I don't need to open a store. No, I don't need to tell my family, have a talk with my family guys. Like, <laughs> you know, six kids here. Like we're going to, we're going to invest in this store. Like I don't need to do that. So true. I could do it today. It's a double edged sword too. Double sword, but I think it nets out to a pretty even amount of stress. I mean, different types of stress, different types of stress. That's why I feel like we have to be, that's the only thing that has changed a lot. I mean, when you look at history, with stress yeah. and all that like and that that's why mental health is massive and, and emotional intelligence is something you hardly hear you do hardly hear these conversations out there and i that's why it was so easy to find you because i'm like who talks about this who's like it's yeah, like in, three people it's <laughs> like it's like very, like less than five you know yeah. and, and oh my god and if you want to hear about anything how to do i don't know how to build a kitchen you can 70 YouTube videos yeah. <laughs> online. It's like, what? Like, can we just talk about what really can move us forward, especially during, you know, a pandemic times that are like so unpredictable. And my, my last question is when sure. we deal with unpredictable situations, like things that come at us, like losing jobs, uh, things that doesn't deal with like specific person, well, losing jobs, somebody fire you, but you know, like like all this stuff, like children at home all the time, not going to school, how would it, would it writing things down will alleviate and to, you know, how do we deal with things like that emotionally? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, the immediate thing that came to my mind was just a principle I live by, I never get too high or too low. Mm -hmm. So even when bad things happen, it's kind of just like, okay, like I don't, I don't bet my life on that one thing, if that makes sense. So you know, if something happens and I lose a ton of money mm -hmm. overnight in the market or something like that, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to, because mm. I never valued myself off of that thing anyways. Right. But the only, the only thing I really, I guess, attach my, allow my emotions to be attached to is me. Mm -hmm. And I have full control of that. Your character. So that's it. And, and my decision-making. Right. So how I respond to the world. Right. And when I do that, because I'm in control of it, does it, I don't swing with the outside stuff. So yeah, all, like all that stuff can happen, but I'm not going to be affected by it. You know, yeah. I, can, I can lose money, but I didn't. You didn't lose I'm, your life. I, am, I didn't lose my life. I'm, I'm valuing myself and my emotions. I'm allowing my emotions to swing with my response to it. Exactly. Not with what, not to it. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And this is a huge lesson for everyone that feels that their lives is like in a full pendulum, like going, you know, to one yeah. extreme or another, because 
the years that we've been living, the months, you know, it's like you wake up and you open news and it's like great news or like terrible news. And it's just been yeah. like so unpredictable and but detaching you yourself from it. it. Like, yeah, yeah. The, like it has been a year of all of that stuff. But like for me, it was like a, an opportunity to create something. Yeah. Like it's an, it's, it's, exactly. I am finally home and I'm like, wow, I'm never home. Like who is out there? Who is my community? Reaching yeah. out to them, finding yeah. them. Uh, getting closer to them, creating a podcast, getting to know amazing people like you. Like that's something that normally on a day like today, I would be like working 17 hours a day. And, you know, it's like I, no time for that. That space never was never there. And, yeah. and, and, and yes, uh, you can get caught up into like the world is collapsing, but what are you going to do with your time yourself? You're not the world. Yeah. You live, you have to live understand what you have control over and it's like yeah, and yourself also be and careful your decisions what, like what you're putting into your mind so like you know if i hear that the news is constantly negative about what's going on i just don't turn it on <laughs> yes you know yes. like i don't want that in my in my head so i just i don't i don't you control that i control that yeah so and and i think the same goes in everything i do like you know i have like i said i have friends who mention tons of things about the markets or i have tons of, I mean, millions of news articles that I could be reading. And I just, I choose not to. Don't put yourself there. Yeah. No, because I know a news article is irrelevant to what's happening in the market. So I'll go to the actual company and read their numbers. Their numbers. Versus, <laughs> I don't care what Joe Schmo is saying on the street. I don't care about Wall Street. I care about what's happening in the company, right? So right. I think part of it is also just knowing what's, you know, it, it's it's difficult because I think part of it is, is, completely in people's control and then part of it is like like i mentioned before it's having a little bit of sense mm -hmm. like and and people have to have that sense to know you know hey let me not look here and be swayed by this and if you don't know that initially that it's very hard to live yeah a good, with good outcomes it's very difficult yeah yeah and we said common sense is not so common for some reason so yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Ashley, this conversation has been so, uh, I really had a lot of breakthroughs. I, I didn't know your approach to character, to people. It's like exactly the same way I approach characters to understand them, not to judge In them, acting, yeah. not to like them. I don't need to yeah. like them or love them. I want to understand them. And, and I feel like, honestly, that's how I live my life. I just don't, I want to understand it. I don't want to, I'm not here to love or be loved or or you be, don't want to be too high. Yeah, low. but exactly. I never actually realize about it until, you know, we, we uh, even when I approach a, a role, like I love the story, I, I know what triggers me and I never get too attached to it. Yeah, because, exactly. Because once you do, you lose track of the actual reason why it's in your hands. You, you're yeah. missing that. Yes, yes. And you again, you can't see clearly when you're too high or too you, low. You can't see clearly it changes because your vision. You, it changes your vision, your interpretation, and even your, you're not honoring the, the actual value of And then of, you're storing story. it incorrectly. And that's, even, that affects your whole future. And, and that affects even, you know, acting, affects memorizing, mm -hmm. affects the way you say things, affects, it affects even, obviously, the perception of the people you know, when they watch it, because I'm already yeah. projecting it from an angle that it was not even, it was too high. It was too exciting. That's why when things, some movies come out, it's so much anticipation that they don't work because the actors were anticipating that too. 
So they yeah. miss they miss the entire uh, goal, which yeah. is to tell the, the actual story. Isn't that you, crazy? You just don't you just don't <laughs> see clearly. You you don't see clearly, and it's it's so important to it's such a revelation. Know what is clear and what's not clear, and if you can't guide yourself back to center, you have to know what the center is. Yeah, first first yeah. and foremost, um, and the way that I do that is I I come up with you know principles before I'm in in that situation. So. Like in a relationship, for example, like I have principles of what's considered stable. Mm-hmm. And then, so I don't, I don't go into a relationship, get high. My, my, my view is completely now blurred because I'm infatuated. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have something to look back at and be like, wait a minute, I feel really good here, but yeah, yeah, this isn't lining up with my feelings are not lining up with what I wrote here. Yeah. Right. Then if you don't have that thing written, you don't know. There's no point of reference. You're already. There's no point of reference and you're already carried away and you won't be able to see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's amazing. And and I feel like we can use that every single day. I use it every day and I didn't notice until now that I talk, I'm talking to you and I see your approach and how you filter. And it makes sense how you are able to get to the emotional intelligence and, and make yeah. decisions. And you feel so empowered too. Oh, you yeah. feel like, you feel like, you know, why you're doing it because you had that relationship with yourself in the past you know like you wrote yeah. it you prepare oh i've over 600 principles that i have written down so t- you talk about that. principles now you have a book <laughs> i do <laughs> so what is this coming out because i'm the i'm gonna be the oh, first one boy. getting it so i honestly i don't know i've been writing it for years like years i, I mean it's an accumulation of principles that i've of course you're writing it for years through. imagine the <laughs> amount of principles that we need yeah and, it's it's a book that I really want to put out when I feel it's complete, you know, naturally, but you know, I have principles on everything in there, businesses, investments, relationships, you know, people debate and argument, like how to handle like anything you could think of, like mental illness and disease and all sorts of things. Um, wow. if, if, if you don't have a checklist when before, before you're in the situation, mm-hmm. you won't know what's right and wrong because your brain will trick you. That is the thing. That's why I can't wait to read your book because there's no point of reference until no. like this, this things that we cannot control, which is like emotions. Like you said, it's a survival thing. So mm-hmm. how can we kind of step back and look somewhere like that? Look somewhere to find some sort of reference. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's a, there's, there's empty. There's, there's so much cognitive dissonance in this world where people think, you know, I've seen, I've worked with people, um, who are like kidnapped, for example, this is one of the strong examples. You'll, you'll speak to like a kidnapper and the, the person who was kidnapped. Oh. And the, 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 like some of them are just like young girls who are like 16, 17 years old and they're head over heels over the person who kidnapped them. And you're sitting there and you're just like, this person has hurt you so much without you. any, any fix of behavior whatsoever. And you're sitting there and, and, and it's real to them. Like they're in love with the, the person who kidnapped them. And it's not until we sit there and write down like, okay, what do you consider a good person to be? What do you consider dangerous? Right. And I take them completely away from the kidnapper. Yeah. They write their own list and then we bring it back to this person and they go, wow, this is like nothing. This is nothing like what I am feeling. Like, it's like, I feel happy when I'm around him. I feel happy and in love and I feel taken care of and I feel protected and I feel all these things. Right. Wow. But then I'm like, but look at this. 
and then it hits them and then they usually cry and have a whole traumatic response to that. Right. But if you don't have that point of reference going in, you, you will be blurred because it's so easy to manipulate your vision in life. It's so easy. I mean, in this case, it was just simple words. I mean, the guy could have told her anything and she's now thinking she has the best life ever. She's living in, in a mansion with other, you know, young girls who are making money and wow. doing all these things. And yeah, it's, it's not until you sit there and write that list that you see, I'm actually in a very dangerous situation and I need to get the hell out of here. Wow. So, so we love all- can now look like, danger can now look like love to someone because they don't have this. That's how, how much of a cognitive dissonance this you know, young woman can have. It's unbelievable. Wow. And, and people have that everywhere. They'll, they'll go into the market and be like, well, I want on here. And, you know, everybody's talking about this. And now I love this company, whatever. And then you go back to your fundamentals and you're like, so, so what does the company do? Hmm. I don't know. Oh, okay. And what's the revenue? Like, I don't know. Hmm. Oh, okay. Who's their management? I don't know. Okay. And then they're like, oh, shoot, I'm in love with the company. And I like, I know nothing about it. You know what I mean? So totally. you have to have that checklist. You have to have that in front of you. So you, when you mentioned when this, the girls that kidnap girls, that are like, obviously, you know, in another place with them, with this Mm -hmm. kidnapper. And you put them, you know, one-on-one and they write down what love is. So we are, we all are born knowing what works for us, right? I mean, we all have like a love, what love is, what Mm -hmm. we, that's not something that you have to teach. Mm -hmm. That's it's love. The only thing love feels like safety. Love feels like you're at your equilibrium. That's it. Anything above or under that is going to feel dangerous to you in some way. Wow. And when even, you... even, even the guy who's like too, too much, you start to question a little. You're like, this is a little, yeah, like, there's nothing bad here. Like, yeah, nope. yeah, yeah. The red flags, all, all the flags. Yeah. What is a message that you feel the most uh, passionate about putting out there as, as you know, knowing what huh. you know, living the life that we live? Yeah. What, dro- um, what drives you? to do to keep going deeper with this research that you do like what you do is beautiful yeah. by the way it's, it's Thank just you. I really re- that. it's really rewarding and refreshing and and, ca- and nice and and we don't have enough of this like i said you guys are like four <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> or two but it's interesting like even like the other people who do study emotional intelligence and they're extremely extremely intelligent it's just because there's a lot of them are scientists mm-hmm. it's it's not explained in a way that like a lot of people can digest absolutely and so the way that they the, the only thing that they take from it really is like leadership management skills blah blah like a lot of businesses yes. will take emotional intelligence like you need but nobody's taking it and like throwing it into like a kidnapper situation or On like a personal a, a level yeah and and it's so important and and you know i as a scientist i love their work obviously i think it's very important work but i don't yeah. think majority of people can digest it in a way where it really really affects them mm-hmm. and changes the way they act going forward mm. and you know so so what one that drives me and two i know how much i needed this when i was younger like i was always getting i was in my emotions all day when i was mm. a kid so you know i think i think my dad helped me in that and my mom too because she's my mom is a beast when it comes to like she's like i don't i don't care if you don't, you're not happy like you're not no <laughs> <laughs> deal with it <laughs> yeah just like deal with it. you're 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 26 years old like <laughs> she has she's been like that that way since i was very young like not getting my way she's like yeah. what are you gonna cry about it go cry about it like yeah. <laughs> care. so you know i think that's that's been very helpful um 
but you know, one thing that I would want people to know, I think, I think it's really twofold. I would say to individuals listening to this, like parents and, you know, people in general, like whether you're an employee, whether you're a friend, whether you're a sister, brother, whatever, um, is understanding the clinical aspect and, and just having a little bit more get to the root, like really get to the root, like stop, stop taking things so personal, understand that it's, it has nothing to do with you. I don't care if somebody steals from you. I don't care if somebody completely like, uh, is disloyal to you. I don't care if somebody, what, I don't, I don't care what it is. If, if somebody does something that hurts you or is bad to you and you don't like it, or they're acting out in a certain way, get to the root it is the only way you cannot keep solving and treating symptoms and cure a disease. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's either it one work or that way. Yeah. I can give you Tylenol all day, but if you have cancer, it's, you're going to still have a fever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to treat the underlying cause. And until you get there, your, your life is going to suck. Forget about the other person. Your life is going to be very difficult. Um, and then on the, on the, I guess like the professional end of the field, I, I really do think that technology needs to be developed to monitor these things on an annual basis. And, you know, it, it's because it is so clinical, you know, stress, stress can affect the immune system and cause disease. I've seen people out of abuse, get immune yeah. deficiencies for temporarily. And I've also seen them get like immune disorders for the rest of their life. Like these are, I see people get cancer out of stress. Oh yeah. Right. One of the biggest killers. So your emotions are a very clinical thing and these things need to be monitored and it's not okay to be walking around sick for three, four, five, six, seven, eight years on, you know, day in and day out. We wouldn't allow it as, as, you know, as a doctor, you know, a doctor wouldn't allow you to get away with that. So we shouldn't be doing it emotionally either. And I think part of routine checkups should include a panel that measures your emotional health. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm in for that. And I'm in for your book too, when it's ready Thank to go. You. <laughs> because I think I think the book of principles, it's, it's, yeah. it's creating also awareness of how at least something how we're doing and how can we prevent so many issues that we would not we don't know, you know, it's, it's all it's really it's really it's you know, using facts, using facts to to fact check your emotions. So if you yeah. feel that, you know, with with the, the woman it, you know it's like you, you feel in love with this person but let's let's really define love and then she literally said to me she's like my emotions are nowhere in line with this these facts and that is that is the realization that makes somebody emotionally intelligent because once you see that you mm. can't unsee it you that, can't that's it it's all you can't that. unsee it it's the people who don't see it that keep going and keep going and keep going with bad decisions once you see it you have become intelligent about your emotions and yeah. it's not going to fool you anymore no it's over yeah you no. you will always look for that it. you will always look for that enlightenment you're like i need yes. i know something is missing you know yeah, but you most people don't have the principles they don't know what they are mm. and i've worked with so many people to like even teaching classes you know like let's come up with our principles whatever and like sometimes i'll say things but it's not it's not the same and it takes a lot of work to so I think, I think that's where the book would help a lot of people is, is, you know, a good principle is, is one that you can use in any area of life yes. and throw it under any test and it should still yield a better outcome. And I, I use the equivalent of like any scientific field, mathematics and physics and, you know, any field that we study in school has rules that you need to follow. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and the primary example I use in the book is, you know, you go, if you're a mathematician, and you want to be really good at math and intelligent about math, right? So you talk about like emotional intelligence. You want to be mathematically intelligent. You don't look at any equation and do addition or subtraction before you do multiplication or division, because there's a principle in there that you have to do this first. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So even if you're reading from left to right, the, your, your emotions, your intuition is telling you, well, let me just go left to right. If you don't know the principle mm-hmm. and then you get the wrong answer because that's not how you solve the problem. Right? right. So that's how people navigate the world. They don't have the principle. So they use their intuition. Well, let me just read from left to right because that's what mm-hmm. I do. Right. Yeah. Or, or right to left. Right. But that's not the rule. So neither of those yeah. are going to work. Yeah. And until you have the principle, you're not going to get a good outcome. That's true. That's how I view the world of behavior. Nobody has the principles and they're making tons of mistakes. And oh it's, it's costing them a lot. Yeah. Unbelievable. This is like crazy seeds of wisdom and knowledge that uh, <laughs> we, you know, these conversations, they need to be more out and, and it's, it's important to talk because it changed lives and, and, Absolutely. you know, you can prevent a lot, you know, for, you know, people's children. Like, I feel like my mom used to say something like, you don't raise kids for you. You raise them for the world. Mm-hmm. And the world is full of feelings, emotions, bad moments, good moments, but you don't supposed to raise them for you, like fixing it because they're, they're yeah. not going to be living your life. It, they're going to be living. And the same thing is for relationships. If you find a partner, you know, you're going to share a life with them. They're not going to be living your world. Yeah. It's, it's how can you, it, it's, it's all a give and take all the time and, and understanding yeah. the principles. So every step you go, it's like, firm and strong and and they like i said a good principle you could you could throw it anywhere and it would work it would so work when i say like don't get too high or too low right That's, that can that, can, that, can that applies work. for so everything. in parenting even parenting when people are like i have a kid i love my kid i then you try to do too much for them and you hurt them yeah yeah but if you're a little bit detached the way my dad was like, yeah, she can get hurt. Like, yeah. And I'm not yeah. saying my dad's like the most perfect person, but, but he no. did, that, that's one thing he did very well. And like, yeah. he was able to detach himself from certain things that I was doing that allowed me to experience life. And he wasn't attached to that outcome overall. Mm-hmm. Or kind he, of like, I would even ask him, like, what do you think of this person? Like, you'll figure it out. He never, he would never give me an opinion ever. That's so funny. Very interesting. Yeah, it pissed me off. But (laughs) (laughs) you know what's funny is like when people, when parents have children, the the people would say, "Oh my God, your child is so beautiful," and the parent says, "Thank you." Mm -hmm. The child never say thank you. I mean, the compliment is to the child, but the parent is the one that says, "Oh, thank you, thank you so much." Is it so right right away? Is like, uh, well, you know. Like, yeah, you could say something else. Like, it's little behavior. You could say, like, yeah, she's also a little bit of a headache. Yeah, <laughs> she's like a little bit of a nut, you know. Don't don't get fooled by the pretty face or whatever. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's it's all it's all connected. It, it's interesting. I, I That's part of... Uh, I've been reading a lot of psychology of why people say things. Like, they take it personal, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so it's... Uh, it's 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 cool actually thank you so much for this hour <laughs> i mean th- this has been like so enlightening and and so and so refreshing and and like you said you know when you hear emotional intelligence you hardly understand what you're saying yeah. you really cannot you feel like you you don't get it and and yeah they explain it in a way where it's like inner motivation outer motivation yeah that, and it's like that's just too much on the brain like for me like i i really just want to make it really practical and just be like this is clinical, like you're it's, imbalanced. Like <laughs> it's amazing, and and it's so it's so liberating to kind of treat it like a cold, like like you know, you have to you go to the doctor, and the doctor has to tell you things to do and how to prevent it. And if you look at mental health or emotional intelligence like that, it's it's just the same way, and and that way you don't feel like you are creating this. It's just yeah, like it's not always your fault. Like it's there not are, like, your fault. Definitely, yeah. if you have somebody get, having like a panic attack. And you take them into the hospital. Usually, they're going to run an EKG to make sure it's not your heart. 
they're going to realize it's not your heart. And if you take, if you were to take their cortisol levels and adrenaline levels, you'd see a huge, huge. And usually there's twofold. There's, there's the chemical aspect and then there's the memory. Yeah. What's causing this panic attack, right? Those two things can solve 90% of behavioral issues. That, and that is like so unbelievable to know because it's everybody, everybody that is in that situation feel powerless because, because they, they have no control over what happened. So yeah. Once you understand that you do have power already, it just takes time and the right principles and the right logic it behind it. It does suck. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's like breaking a leg, right? You have to get surgery. So you oh. fix the physical and then you go to PT. You, yes. You retrain certain things. So it's like treat the chemical and then go to therapy. Like it's, yeah. it's no different. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same, but it, it's so good that there's a there's a there's another side of this. It's it's yeah. not over. You don't have to deal with this your not whole life. You, no, it's not. It's not. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being. You're I'm gonna be welcome. in the lookout for this book. Yes. I think I'm gonna be like, you know, rule number seven. Ashley said. <laughs> oh my goodness, I've done this so many times. People like, I'll be talking in like a very like personal situation, and I'm like, that doesn't match my principles. And they're like, what? What? It's <laughs> called psycho. And I'm like, no, you don't match my principles. <laughs> you will know when I when it comes out. It's yeah. so great. <laughs> I really appreciate your time and Thank I really you appreciate, so you know, your, your desire to get deeper into this. Uh, I feel like you're really changing the world a day at a time without saying it too high, <laughs> With, but, but it, it really matters. And, and, you know, it's, it's nice to have somebody that is curious about this subject because I feel like we're lacking curiosity yeah. here when we're hurting a lot here too, you know, in this yeah, area. And I, you know, definitely thankful for a lot of the scientists who do tons of research on the chemistry of the brain and understanding what happens. And cause like without that, you know, that is pretty much my work. It's really their work, right? Like I'm just kind of piecing it together, but you, you kind of like putting together, right? Yeah. I'm trying, trying to tell a story through, through what it is, but the real work is, is the, the science is really done thousands of times over oh. by clinicians and physicians and researchers It's there. You know, we, we know when someone's anxious, what happens in, in the body, we know. Oh, right? okay. So, yeah. You know, it's there. It's not like I, I went to the lab and did that myself, but I think there's no connection and story that makes it so digestible. Um, yeah. For something that happens to so many of, of yeah. us, it's oh. like, it's so good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank I'm going to be the lookout. <laughs> I'm going to be putting out your website and everything where people can find you with your seminars. You're like, you know, you're now you're back kind of like doing the work you A do little in bit, person, yeah. kind of. Yes. So California. I'm sure you, you will be upta- updating people there, right? Yeah, usually there or on Instagram. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm going to be yes. putting everything out there. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I really <laughs> appreciate you. Thank you for having you. me. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>